Welcome to this week's WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Week four of the Ohio high school football season is upon us. We're going to uh, recount that big Princeton victory over Colerain last week, 41-37 to at Colerain. First time the Vikings have defeated the Cardinals since 1997. Also, a conversation I had with OHSA Executive Director Doug Ute. You don't want to miss that. This High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the play of the game is always chicken. Log into the Chick-fil-A app for easy contactless ordering. But first, the big news on Monday night, Cincinnati Public Schools Board of Education voted to allow athletics to resume this week. Non-contact sports are able to fully compete with intra-district competition for contact sports, such as football and soccer. And football and soccer will be able to fully compete the week of September 21st. I want to make sure you check out my story on WCPO.com. I did update it on Tuesday as football teams start to mobilize to make their schedules within the Cincinnati Public Schools District for this week and then also having full competition next week. Well, the Ohio High School Athletic Association introduced a new executive director on September 8th, former coach. Superintendent and Athletic Administrator Doug Ute was named the 11th leader of the OHSA in its 113-year history. He was able to uh, meet with the statewide media last Wednesday, September 9th, and I had a chance to sit down and talk to him one-on-one and exclusive for the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Doug, thanks for joining me, first of all. Well, uh, thank you, Mike. So two days in a row, I get a chance to talk to you. and <laughs> right. get to know you. Thanks. Well, I, I wanted to get to, to know you a little bit more and, and our audience, obviously, very curious uh, here in the Southwest District and Cincinnati specifically. Um, tell us a little bit about, we have the bio, we have the everything that was put out in the press release, but um, maybe, maybe at the heart of things, just um, uh, before we kind of go into OHSA stuff, just give us a little bit of background on yourself and, um, uh, you know, obviously your, your, your resume and everything speaks for itself, but uh, wh- why you wanted this position and a little bit about uh, your passion for high school sports. Sure. Well, first of all, uh, you know, I recognize, uh, you know, that that when I w- was younger at Clear Fork High School in Richland County uh, and involved in, in sports, the development that that I was able to, to receive and the leadership uh, from our coaches and, and our athletic director uh, back in the late 70s and, and up and through 1980 when I graduated high school, it, it, it defined a lot of things that I am and put a lot of uh, good uh, – uh, habits in me, taught, you know, from a, from a leadership uh, capacity to work ethic, uh, but it taught me how to be a good teammate. And I recognize that that's what sports did for me. And then on, on into college uh, at Ashland, uh, you know, just being a good teammate, because I think that's important in life. And then as I began coaching and, and teaching, um, you know, back in, in the mid eighties, uh, you know, I took that through and tried to instill that in the, in the, in the, uh, young people that I coached. And, and so I'm very passionate about uh, extracurricular activities. And cer- certainly as a superintendent, not limited to just sports, uh, but what life after three o'clock uh, does for students in this, in, the, in this country and not just the state of Ohio, uh, but life after three o'clock and how important uh, those programs are for the development of our young people in this country is, is just, uh, it's uh, incredible. We have 815 member high schools in the OHSA, 760 7th and 8th grade uh, schools. Basic question for you, but I, 
why is there such a passion for high school sports in the state of Ohio? I think a lot of people recognize the things that I mentioned before. You know, uh, I know, uh, you know, just to, just being around, and, and I think we've really learned that the last five or six months, or not necessarily learned it, but but probably it's been it's it's been larger for us to sit in front of us to see because you know I, I was out of school district that that our girls won won the regional title on a Friday night and, and uh, lost the opportunity to compete the next weekend, and I saw what it did to to them, but I also saw uh, what it what it means because life's full of disappointments and, and that was a lesson for them. And they came from a good program with a good coach and a good athletic director in Newark and a great community uh, that helped them through that. And uh, you know, so, so I think that part of that, the way they handled it is just because of the type of program they've been in for a few years. And, and uh, you know, I saw that development, but I also saw that disappointment. And then I saw that disappointment of, uh, of students who didn't get an opportunity to participate in the spring. And, you know, I, I share with people all the time when I was nine years old and, they, and it rained or a little league game out, I cried, you know? So, so just by, I couldn't imagine being 16, 17 years old and losing an opportunity not to play a high school baseball game or, or season from that standpoint. And, and with that, uh, the challenge that we had then in June when we were, when, when students started coming back, I saw that excitement uh, in, in them of coming back and being around their peers and their coaches and being part of something, and, and which has led into to, uh, the August uh, time frame. And just being able to compete right now uh, is just uh, something that I think um, I know I have a deeper appreciation for, and, and I'm sure that many of our students do, our coaches do, um, and certainly our parents and family members who are getting a chance to watch them play. And then, and then there is still the disappointment of those who, who still can't get into a game, who, who had gone to a, a football game every Friday night in the fall for forever because it's such a big part of what we do in our communities from, from that standpoint. And, and so, uh, you know, that's why it's important for us to keep our kids competing in a safe environment so, so we can, uh, you know, they can get the benefit of that. You've done a lot of media interviews the past 24 hours. I'm just curious uh, what's been the most, some of the most unique questions you've received from, has it been a pretty much a similar theme all throughout? Yeah, I, I think it has been, you know, what's your focus and, and those kind of things. And, uh, you know, my focus, uh, you know, Mike is, is joining this team here that's done such a wonderful job since last spring. Uh, I commend the folks here at the, at the uh, state office who have just, you know, uh, come up with creative things and and uh, really put a focus on, you know, Bob Goldring did a wonderful job leading this organization through the summer. And, and that's evident just by us being able to compete this fall. And, and so, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's something that, that I want to keep emphasizing is how well these folks here have done uh, during this time with working with the governor's office and the lieutenant governor and, and the department of uh, health and, because all of us have the same uh, mission. It is to get our, our kids in, in front of and, and I don't want to just limit it to the athletic piece. You know, I, I know that there are marching band competitions that have been canceled uh, um, for, for uh, students in, in the band and those type of things. And, and are those students getting a chance to, to uh, play in front of communities and, and those type of things. And, and so, uh, 
you know, ROTC programs have had. So, so really, you know, when you look at the total, uh, all the programs that a school offers, you know, it's important that we just, you know, we all work together and, and keep that gate open so that they can do that. I think you were quoted in the Marion newspaper saying, uh, you know, you were ready for this position almost 30 years in the making. Um, when you look at all this, you know, obviously the financial challenges that are ahead, I think the Columbus Dispatch said something about, it would just say he's in a financial headlock, you know, with coming with a Category 5 hurricane with all this. When you see all this stuff, and, and everybody's talked about all about the challenges, um, does that motivate you? Does that inspire you more? I mean, give us a sense of where what you're thinking right now, given the onslaught of challenges that even, you know, Steve Blackledge of the Columbus Dispatch says even the your 10 predecessors didn't have to deal with this severe, severe of a challenge. Um, What's your, what's your approach to all this stuff? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I told the staff here. And uh, so one of the things I would tell you is that I'm not diving in the deep end and swimming in the deep water where where we're going to drown. And so we're going to get in the shallow end of the pool and gradually work to, to the deep end. And, and and what that means for, for me is we're going to take baby steps, but we can't operate the way we've operated in the past. It's a different time. And, and, you know, I brought this up a, a few times. Uh, uh, we're one of the very few states that do not charge a membership fee to belong to the organization. So if, if uh, uh, school district A is paying $200 to enter into a, a cross country invitation in the fall and they get in four of those, but they enter our tournaments uh, for free. And, and so that, that's one of the challenges uh, that we, we need to look at financially is, is that, is it a membership fee, a one-time membership fee per year to join, or do we charge by sports? And, and that's an example of uh, cost of doing business is a lot more than it was a few years ago. Uh, we know that. And so I know that as a school superintendent for 20 years, uh, you know, we're in a financial uh, challenging time here for us, but, but so aren't a lot of the school districts in, in Ohio who have been cut from budgets uh, simply because the revenue from the state has, has been cut to them. And, and so there's a lot of challenges for schools and organizations right now and, and, and communities uh, from, from that standpoint. So, so uh, we're looking from a revenue standpoint, uh, an example might be, uh, you know, I've used this a few times the last couple of days. Um, you know, our Wright State has been a great place to host state volleyball. They, they've done a wonderful job. It's a great partnership for us. And it's a great uh, venue for our, our student athletes and our communities to come into. Uh, but does it make sense to, from a venue standpoint, financial standpoint this year, to look at those venues if we can only put 300 uh, family and loved ones in there? And, and so we need to look at that from an expense side too right now and, and uh, everything we've done. And, and there's already been some changes here in the office uh, prior to my arrival you know, from an expense standpoint to try to match our expenses on our revenues uh, right now. And, and so those are some things that, that we're, we're looking at. What about the communication link with member schools? I mean, how do you, how do you approach that? Do you have a vision for how you maybe plan to reach out to districts? Because, yeah, obviously a very diverse state um, when it comes to northern Ohio, southern Ohio, east, west, all that sort of thing. Um, what, what, what is your plan for maybe reaching out to some of those athletic administrators as well? I uh, certainly want to connect with uh, all, all of our groups out there and, and uh, uh, either through surveys or, 
you know, in today's times, you can't drive around the state and, and meet with uh, uh, the, the Kiwanis of Lima uh, because everybody, you know, I'm, I'm a, a Rotarian in Newark and we're, we've met remotely for, for that time. So, yeah, I may be joining some remote things uh, from that standpoint, but uh, I think it's important for all of our associations, you know, the Coaches Association, the Athletic uh, Administrator Association, Officials Association, uh, and, and superintendents, principals, those, those associations to that we communicate with them and share with them what we've uh, done with our expenses and revenues here, where we're headed. I think Tim Street and Bob Goldring do a very good job with communication out to out to the schools, uh, and so. Uh, you know, but we we we're certainly going to want some input as we go around on on uh, around the state a little bit to, and, and those different. Uh, groups on on their thoughts on as i just mentioned like venues and things like that what about in just in a public venue just with your leadership style your predecessor very active on social media uh very you know had a public um, persona about him um what is your style in regards to that you know when it's media interviews or just being at state championship games that sort of thing what's that going to be like yeah well i'm very visible um and uh, that'd be different for me because you're talking about a state now instead of a school district. But I think the folks in Newark or Marion Elgin would tell you, hey, I see Doug everywhere. Uh, just because I support our, our students and our, our coaches and our advisors and, and, and that. But uh, so you'll, I'll be visible uh, and approachable and engaged. And there's a difference between being visible and engaged. So I'm, I think I'm visible and I'm, and I'm engaged and and certainly would talk to the folks of the media at any time. Uh, those type of things uh, I've in the past have, have uh, uh, I believe social media is a great place to push information out. Uh, but maybe it's because, uh, you know, Mike, I, I don't want to get bugged on a, when the first snowflake flew from, you know, 6,500 kids saying we should have a snow day. So uh, I certainly, uh, I'm not active on, on those social media sites. And, you know, personally for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a place to push information out to give folks an avenue to ask questions. Uh, But uh, certainly for, for me, not, not, not in a discussion type of a thing uh, from, from that way on social media. I know it's hard to remove the COVID-19 pandemic from the spring, the summer, this going into this fall, but had a conversation with Julian Tackett at Kentucky High School Athletic Association last week. I just kind of asked him, bigger picture, if you look beyond this stuff, I know it's hard to do right now. It's hard to look beyond an hour or two from now. But um, there were so many discussions leading into the pandemic about high school sports, its status, its role within each state association. I know the National Federation has come out with figures about participation over the years, that sort of thing. But uh, where do you think we're headed with high school sports in general, we, we talk about, you know, we talked about the club influence, AAU influence, competitive balance. I mean, there's so many different issues. I realize you have to address what is at the forefront right now with the association, but where do you think high school sports is right now? Where is it headed? Yeah, I, I certainly feel it's headed in a, in a great direction. I still feel that it is uh, the thing to do in a community or most communities. And there are other other opportunities now. I mean, attendance has gone down in most uh, uh, communities on Friday nights at at, at uh, the football or basketball games. Uh, from that standpoint, but I do still think that it is the number one 
thing in sports that that people value. Uh, you know, my 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 kids participated in AAU and travel baseball and club volleyball and and those things, and they and they were great for their development. They were around great people, but it's it wasn't as important as that school sport. And I have four kids that participated at Elgin in many sports, and and uh, so you know, I know that I and I still believe that for families. You know, that that's uh, that that league championship, that district championship. Is more important than that all day Saturday club volleyball, uh, you know, win uh, from that standpoint. So, so I think that people value high school sports, and and, uh, and most people recognize what what it does for their child <clears throat> from uh, you know those those type of standpoints. So, uh, and again with this pandemic, uh, you know, I would just tell you that 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 I think. Uh, in many areas, whether it be sports or whatever, I'll speak from a school perspective. Uh, we got thrown into online learning in April and May, uh, and I, and that was a big challenge. And, and I can I'll speak for the the, the uh, Newark City Schools. Uh, our teachers rose up and did things that they didn't think they could do prior to the pandemic, and I think that's true in a lot of schools if you look across Ohio. And then moving forward, whether whether you're in virtual learning now, or you're in a blended model, or you're you're in, uh, and most folks are at least in some form of blended model, if not all virtual right now, it looks different than it did in April and May, and it's better uh, because you had more time to prepare. And I, and I think athletics will be that same way. We are learning things every Friday. An example would be through our observer program that. That uh, that Bob uh, Goldring had, had put in with Bo Rugg here, and and I was just listening to a conversation yesterday. We're getting feedback uh, from the athletic administrators in the state, and getting feedback from the observers, and that feedback can only lead to getting better every week uh, out there on, on that. And so, so I do think we'll we'll get better uh, with this virus going forward throughout the year. And, and uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to keep evaluating week to week, day to day. And, and uh, you know, because that safety is our number one concern, not just with our office here, it is with our member schools. And it certainly is with the governor's office and the Department of Health. So safety is the number one concern uh, that we keep our, our athletes safe, our coaches safe, our officials safe. And then their family and, and loved ones that are able to go see the games, and so and and I think we're better now than we were last spring at that. What is your style like, Doug? In terms of uh, you have a lot on your plate. You mentioned starting out in the shallow part of the pool here, but uh, you know you hear a lot about uh, leaders that right, you know early risers or they stay late or you know attach to their phone all the time. Or where are you at with all your your style of managing and leading? Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, it's the technology and. I remember being a principal before we had cell phones and you could actually go to the state tournament and come back on Monday and find out what went on Friday. And then that's changed. You know, you, you know what went on at by halftime of the first game uh, back in your building. And, and so it's just that accessibility and, and, and I'm accessible 24 uh, seven, you know, uh, you know, as a superintendent I was, and I, and I will be here uh, in this position. Uh, keeping in mind that we all have families and and those type of things and and uh, so, but uh, 
you know, I, I think my leadership style is, and, and that's one thing that, that I'm comfortable with coming into this organization because I do feel we have some really good leaders uh, that are our sport administrators and our, and our senior directors here are very good leaders. And, and my style is, uh, and I would just say this to you, I didn't want to be the high school principal at Newark High School. I wanted Tom Bowman, our high school principal, to do that, and I want Tom to lead that. And I'll carry that same philosophy in here. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here in, in Tim's office. I, I don't want to be the communication director for the OHSAA. I want Tim Street to do that, and I want Tim to lead, and I'm going to support Tim and help Tim grow because I'll grow at the same time. Uh, professional growth is very important to me. Uh, you know, from that standpoint. And, and so I want to grow every, every year and I want our leaders to grow every year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on attitude and environment, you know, but that's very important to me. And so we're going to do some things with the staff here that everybody should want to go to work. And when they get in their car, just can't wait to get there. And when they put their foot out, just be so happy. And I, I had that philosophy as a school administrator is that I wanted our parents to deliver their students to our building. And I wanted our principals out front communicating with the parents, talking, welcoming students in. And, uh, you know, I want those kind of friendly environments. I want it to be the place to be. So that's a little bit about what, what's important to me as a leader. And finally, Doug, uh, maybe a little bit about yourself, a former basketball standout there at Clear Fork High School. And uh, I know you're a Cleveland Indians fan. If, if you're not uh, in the OHSA realm of things, uh, what is Doug Ute doing uh, in his free time? I'm, well, I have eight grandchildren. And, and so one of the neat things that I started doing as a former coach and, and stuff that I did, uh, I have a couple, I had a fourth and fifth grade granddaughters who played travel basketball and my daughter was coaching them with some other folks. And so I hopped into that last year and just had a ball uh, coaching youth sports. And, and so I hope to continue to be able to do that. Um, but uh, a lot of my time is centered around sports. You know, I, I have to admit to you that I still get depressed for a little bit after the Browns lose. Uh, those things are important to me, you know, um, Browns, Indians, Cavs, and Buckeyes. And uh, so uh, one of the things that, that I do, I think I've been to 18 major league parks in the country. Uh, and I, I, my goal is to get to all of them uh, from that standpoint. And if I go somewhere, uh, and I might route my trip around uh, seeing the Lakers play uh, in L.A., which I did last year. Um, uh, I've seen some PGA things. So, I, uh, you know, something that somebody wouldn't know about me that I do is when I if I have to go somewhere that, that I look at the sports thing and try to go to that sports venue and and uh, and just experience that. You know, I've seen a golf match at Riviera Country Club in L.A. and and uh, didn't go for that reason, but routed around there. So. My goal is to get to as many sport venues as I can uh, and, and, and watch. And I just have a ball when I do that. Which one's on next on your bucket list, whether that's a ballpark or an arena? Oh, boy. I, I want to Yeah, I want to see the Duke-Carolina game at Duke uh, when it means something. And, and it means something every year. I know that. But, I mean, you know, that, that's been on my list for a long, long time. And, and so uh, – you know, things like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Buckeye fan, but I, I, I love the, the Duke Carolina rivalry uh, that they have that, that, that really interests me. And, and so I want to see a Buckeye game at the big house and, and uh, up north and, you know, those kind of things. So. 
maybe down here at Franklin High School, our former standout Luke Kennard, maybe he can get you some connection down there to Cameron Indoor there you Stadium. Go. So we'll work on you that. You should have told me that because now <laughs> I know you probably know Luke. So now I'm going yes, to contact you to contact Luke. And there we and go. <laughs> get me in there. Yeah. He's doing Point. well. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, his dad still lives in the area and uh, very, oh. very uh, prideful community there in Franklin, Ohio for, for Luke Kennard. Mr. Basketball signs as you enter the town and everything yeah. like that. So, good yeah. stuff. I want to say, Executive Director Doug, you really appreciate the time and conversation and uh, all the best to you and everybody there uh, in the office there in Columbus. Hey, thanks for having, having me on and uh, appreciate talking to you the last couple of days and, uh, and, and love to come on again anytime that you want to talk about uh, what's going on and love to join your program. Thank you, Doug. Well, as you can tell, OHSA Executive Director Doug Ute has a lot on his plate during this COVID-19 pandemic, not only with scheduling and state finals venues, a lot of logistics around all the fall sports season, let alone the winter sports season, which is upcoming, but also the significant financial challenges around the state governing body for high school athletics. So we're going to continue to follow that for you. I want to remind everybody that this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is free chicken. Log into the Chick-fil-A app for easy contactless ordering. But now I had a chance to catch up with Princeton head football coach Mike Daniels after the Vikings' significant 41-37 win at Colerain on Friday night. It was the first time the Vikings defeated Colerain since 1997 when Mike Daniels was in seventh grade. Man, that was a wild one. It really was. Um, I mean, you talk about back and forth. I thought, I thought Colerain did a phenomenal job finding formations, hitting their stuff. Um, they had a great game plan from an offensive standpoint, and they were tough. They adjusted to our inside zone. But um, what you saw is it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds in terms of the, our mistakes. And it got, I mean, it went, I think they went up 17 uh, in the fourth, right? And, um, and it looked bleak for a while. But what we've been preaching this whole offseason is for us to be able to truly um, make the next jump in a program, in our program, is we're going to have to gut it out and grind it out. And so the kids gritted their teeth, right? They, and they kept fighting. The same things we've been preaching and preaching and preaching. And so I'm extremely proud of them but because I think this was a, that turning stone in the, in the program to where, hey, we're down, we're down, we're down. But what we see now, after three games, we've had to come back each each game in the fourth quarter. We were down. And Win a, win, a, win a ball game, it shows the resilience of these kids and that they're binding to the system, binding to the program. So extremely, ex extremely proud of them. Um, I love them all. Um, we're going to enjoy this because it's been a long time, since 1997 or 8, um, which is a long time. And so I'm extremely proud of the kids, I'm extremely proud of the coaching staff, extremely proud of our community and our fans for just sticking in there and grinding, grinding, grinding. And it's a great day to be a freaking Viking. I was in middle school, so, I mean, that's a long time. Long, We came close in my year in 01. Um, we came close in 11, but close but no cigar. So, I'm again, extremely proud. This is a big moment because we, we know what Cole Range stands for. They've been the standard in the GMC. A lot of respect for the, the coaching staff and their players. They do a phenomenal job coaching those kids up. And that run that they've had over the over the years has been phenomenal. And so, um, it's this is a this is a big deal, and I, I'm, I'm not going to act like it's not. It's a big deal for our program, for the psyche, for everything that we're trying to do and build. So very excited. Well, you could tell how much this meant to Princeton head football coach Mike Daniels. I had a chance to catch up with his quarterback, Junior Makai Lynn, 
who's an outstanding uh, passer, runner. He could do a lot of things with the football. Already has scholarship offers from UC and Indiana. And he talked about the significance of the Vikings winning at Cardinal Stadium. Like when you, when you when you're hungry, when you when you want it bad enough, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it. So when you know when it come when it when it's down to the last second or that last play, that shows your heart. That shows who you really are. That's when the true football player comes out of you. You know. So as long as we keep playing like this, we can win a state. We can win a state championship and come over the ring. Well, obviously the Greater Miami Conference has a much different complexion with its football landscape this year as uh, Coleraine has won 20 consecutive GMC titles, but certainly Lakota West, Princeton, and there's some other teams involved there that will have a say in the uh, crown for division title. A lot of good games for you on this week's schedule for week four. We're going to continue to follow that. Also, we'll have the latest for you on Cincinnati Public Schools allowing athletics to resume starting this week. That's all we have for you this week. We will talk to you next week right here on the WCPO High School Insider. Well, as you can tell, OHSA Executive Director Doug Ute has a lot on his plate during this COVID-19 pandemic, not only with scheduling and state finals venues, a lot of logistics around all the fall sports season, let alone the winter sports season, which is upcoming, but also the significant financial challenges around the state governing body for high school athletics. So we're going to continue to follow that for you. I want to remind everybody that this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is free chicken. Log into the Chick-fil-A app for easy contactless ordering. But now I had a chance to catch up with Princeton head football coach Mike Daniels after the Vikings' significant 41-37 win at Colerain on Friday night. It was the first time the Vikings defeated Colerain since 1997 when Mike Daniels was in seventh grade. Man, that was a wild one. It really was. Um, I mean, you talk about back and forth. I thought I thought Corain did a phenomenal job finding formations, hitting their stuff. Um, they had a great game plan from an offensive standpoint, and they were tough. They adjusted to our inside zone. But um, what you saw is it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds in terms of the, our mistakes. And it got. I mean, it went. I think they went up 17 uh, in the fourth, right? And, um, and it looked bleak for a while. But what we've been preaching this whole offseason is for us to be able to truly um, make the next jump in a program, in our program, is we're going to have to gut it out and grind it out. And so the kids gritted their teeth, right? They, and they kept fighting. The same things we've been preaching and preaching and preaching. And so I'm extremely proud of them but because I think this was a, that turning stone in the, in the program to where, hey, we're down, we're down, we're down. But what we see now after three games, we've had to come back each each game in the fourth quarter. We were down. And when the, when, the, when the ball game, it shows the resilience of these kids and that they're buying into the system, buying into the program. So extremely, ex- extremely proud of them. Um, I love them all. Um, we're going to enjoy this because it's been a long time, since 1997 or 8, um, which is a long time. And so I'm extremely proud of the kids. I'm extremely proud of the coaching staff. Extremely proud of our community and our fans for just sticking in there and grinding, grinding, grinding. And it's a great day to be a freaking Viking. I was in middle school, so, I mean, that's a long time. Long. We came close in my year in 01. Um, we came close in 11, but close but no cigar. So, I'm again, extremely proud. This is a big moment because we, we know what Cole Range stands for. They've been the standard in the GMC. A lot of respect for the, the coaching staff and their players. They do a phenomenal job coaching those kids up. And that run that they've had over the over the years has been phenomenal. And so, um, it's 
this was a this is a big deal, and I, I'm, I'm not gonna act like it's not. It's a big deal for our program, for the psyche, for everything that we're trying to do and build. So very excited. Well, you could tell how much this meant to Princeton head football coach Mike Daniels. I had a chance to catch up with his quarterback, Junior Makai Lynn, who's an outstanding uh, passer runner. He could do a lot of things with the football. Already has scholarship offers from UC and Indiana, and he talked about the significance of the Vikings winning at Cardinal Stadium. Like when you when you when you're hungry, when you when you want it bad enough, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it. So when you know when it come when it when it's down to the last second or that last play, that shows your heart. That shows who you really are. That's when the true football player comes out of you. You know. So as long as we keep playing like this, we can win a state. We can win a state championship and come over the ring. Well, obviously the Greater Miami Conference has a much different complexion with its football landscape this year as uh, Coleraine has won 20 consecutive GMC titles, but certainly Lakota West, Princeton, and there's some other teams involved there that will have a say in the uh, crown for division title. A lot of good games for you on this week's schedule for week four. We're going to continue to follow that. Also, we'll have the latest for you on Cincinnati Public Schools allowing athletics to resume starting this week. That's all we have for you this week. We will talk to you next week right here on the WCPO High School Insider.